0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's episode is a talk given by Church of the Advent member, Dale Brown. You have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to John chapter 1, starting in verse 19, the passage we just heard recited for us, and we're going to come back together this last Sunday of Advent to sit with John the Baptist again. If you've been following along Sunday by Sunday during the season of Advent, you may find yourself a little perplexed. I know I have been in the past when I first started reading uh, the lectionary uh, during the season of Advent because Advent is what? What are we preparing for? I'm, you guys can talk. What? you what? The coming, the coming of Christ. And what is our focus coming up this upcoming week? What, what are we going to be celebrating this, this Wednesday? Christmas. Christmas. Good job. Out of the mouth of babes. We're going to be celebrating Christmas. And what do we think about when we think about Christmas? Anybody want to take a guess? Jesus. Well, you don't think about you. Maybe you do. Some of you are holier than us. What else do you think about? Our family. Family. Little babies, cuddly little fat things that you can't shake too hard because you'll go to jail. Um, you know, Jessie new, new little families starting, happiness, joy. Into different places. Go into different places, with get your with your family. Yeah, getting presents. Jesse trees. trees. If you've been around long enough, you've heard us move from Christmas tree to Jesse tree because Jesse tree is what happens before. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, all of these things that honestly make me really happy. When I think of Christmas, I think of something that's very um, a very happy moment in my life. When I think of what we celebrate in the coming of Christ, it's something that brings a lot of joy to my heart. It's something I'm very nostalgic about. Even as a young, you know, thinking about it, I don't really remember a lot of my young childhood, but I do remember feeling on Christmas that something was really amazing happening on that day. And it brings back good memories for me. So all of these wonderful thoughts, all these wonderful things that we think about, stand almost in contrast with what we read in the scriptures leading up to the celebration of Christmas. I mean, the first couple of Sundays, when we are in the season of Advent, are kind of focused on the end Kind of the the end of days, if you will. Not the end end, because those of us who know, the end is just the beginning. I mean, God recreates all things and makes all things new. But it is focusing not so much on the coming of Christ as a babe, but the coming of Christ in glory to bring all of creation back into the heart of the Father. And there's a lot of imagery in in the passages that we read that are almost chaotic. We go back, if you just go back and kind of reread those passages that we got into, there was lots of warnings and lots of things that we should be watching out for and lots of disturbances that were going to happen. As a matter of fact, there was even the talk from Christ himself about the destruction of the temple itself. And then we take a shift. We turn a couple Sunday, or last Sunday we took a shift. We turn, we had uh, whatever you want to call it, Rejoice Sunday. I'm not going to try to pronounce the actual name, but we went from purple to pink because now we're turning our attention not so much to the end, but to the beginning. And who stands for us these past, last Sunday and this Sunday as a great sign of Christ coming as a babe? The forerunner, John the Baptist. Now, I don't know if you've thought about John the Baptist a lot, But last week we heard kind of the end of his life. We heard his story. John the Baptist, as we're preparing for Christmas and the great joys of Christmas, John the Baptist last week was in jail. John the Baptist is getting ready to be beheaded. John the Baptist is having somewhat, I think, of a personal um, inner struggle in some ways. I don't think, you know, last week the question was, when Bo preached, John the Baptist sent someone to Jesus says, Are you the one or should we wait for another? And some people have taken that to mean that maybe he was having some questions about Jesus. I think John the Baptist was probably having some questions about himself. After all, he spent his whole life preaching that the kingdom of heaven was coming, speaking truth to power, telling people to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he did it so much that he uh, got in trouble when he told someone they shouldn't be doing what they were doing. Take, you know, One of the kings taking his brother's wife as his own didn't win him any favors in court and eventually got him arrested for telling the king that you are not above God himself. You yourself have to repent just like everybody else. Kings generally don't like to be told that they're like everybody else. And so John was in jail last week. So we had a jailhouse story helping us come to the birth of Christ. And this week, John is back. It's kind of at the beginning of his life. And people are coming to ask him. Last week, John had questions for Jesus about who he was. This week, people are coming to John the Baptist to ask him who he is. Now, John the Baptist, I don't think, could be further away from a cute, cuddly little baby. Last week, we heard that he was someone who lived out in the desert, probably didn't smell too good, I would imagine. I don't think there's a lot of wonderful perfumes and things to take care of yourself in the desert. He was someone who ate wild uh, vegetation. You know, you hear they ate honey and locusts. And when I was a young kid, I thought that meant he ate grasshoppers a lot. And I thought that was really gross. Come to find out locust is just a wild plant in the desert. So he wasn't eating little grasshoppers, which would still be gross if he did that. He ate wild vegetation, probably a vegetarian, probably having a strict diet. He was someone who was known as probably what we'd call an ascetic, like a desert father who lived out there. He was someone who wore rough skin, clothing, nothing nothing prestigious. He didn't wear royal robes or anything like that. He wasn't anyone that stood out as someone prominent. He was someone probably with scruffy hair, long hair, unkept, probably someone who was kind of rough around the edges. You know, you live by yourself long enough, as Stephen can attest, and I'm getting back to there, you get rough around the edges. Stephen's getting rounded off right now because he's living with his wife. But those of us who live by ourselves, you know you start getting rough around the edge. You don't like being around people. People somewhat irritate you from time to time. John the Baptist probably was known as that way. He wasn't very politically correct either. If he saw you doing something you weren't supposed to do, and he had no problem to tell you right then and there, repent. Repent. And again, that's probably not the best kind of person you invite to a party. is someone who tells you to repent all the time. So John the Baptist is this kind of desert uh, ascetic figure, or at least that's the image I get from reading the scriptures, And that seems so far away from what we think about when we think of the baby Jesus being born in a manger. And yet John the Baptist is given to us as Christians as the figure that stands calling us to come and worship on Christmas Eve, calling us to worship on the Feast of the Nativity. You see, John the Baptist and the birth of Christ didn't happen in a vacuum. The birth of Christ happens in the middle of political turmoil in the the ancient uh, region of Judea. The birth of Jesus, when Jesus does come, he comes at a moment when emperors in Rome have a heavy hand over the people of Israel. And the people of Israel are living under this heavy taxation from Rome. They're living under rulers inside Judea and Galilee that were Maniacs in some cases. Herod, whom will come on the stage, comes on the stage early in the Gospels, kills many of his relatives because he's fearful that they're trying to take his throne from him. And eventually, starts killing a bunch of babies at, when he hears about Jesus. There are political strife all around. There's religious strife all around. There's people inside Jerusalem and inside Judea who want to see Jerusalem break free from their Roman bondage and their zealots and they're essentially terrorists who are going around killing people, trying to start revolutions. And then you have others like the Sadducees who are trying to push down revolt because they have really nice clothes and live in really nice places in Jerusalem. They have control of the temple and they don't really like a lot of political waves being taken because it might threaten their position within the region. And for most of the Jews who see the Sadducees, they see them as a bunch of compromisers, compromising with the powers to be. So who are you going to look to? The Pharisees? The Pharisees, if you didn't look like them, dress like them, smell like them, and didn't eat with other people like they didn't want you to eat with other people, you are not a part of them. They were fundamentalists who were busy trying to keep people out instead of welcoming people in. into this world where people are being crucified, into this world where Rome is seeking to dominate the whole world, into this world of people who probably are wondering, when is God going to break into the world and fix it? Into this world, John the Baptist comes as the prophet Elijah coming in to declare to the people in this world that God's promises are true and that the Messiah is coming and that the kingdom of God has come. You see, that is the reason why John the Baptist, even though he's not pictured as a cuddly little baby, is so important. Because John the Baptist comes to tell us in a world of darkness, chaos, political turmoil, religious turmoil, into a world broken and in need of God, that God's promise has come. And it's come in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And that God's promise is true. And that God has not forgotten what he said he would do and that he is doing it. That's John the Baptist. He may not be cute and cuddly, like a little baby, He is the forerunner to come. And he is the promised one to come to tell the world, get your path straight, for God is coming. What greater message can we have, brothers and sisters, as we approach the nativity, than to hear once again from the voice of John the Baptist and from his life and his ministry that God's promises are true. John says, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. A few years ago, over a decade ago, my life was not in a really good place. My life wasn't in a really good place a few years ago either, but it's another time when my life wasn't in a really good place uh, further back. And it was really... It was a time in my life when there was a lot of things happening that were out of my control. Things were happening to me, and I couldn't control them because they weren't things that I was making decisions about. And I remember it was during the season of Advent. i am in probably in 2006. I remember it just as clear as day. I was living with some in-laws, which is always fun. If you haven't tried that yet, you should. Everyone should live with your in-laws at least once. That way you can be happy the rest of your life when you're not living with them. Um, we were living with in-laws, essentially, and, and ineffective homeless, trying to figure out how we're going to get back on our feet and why in the world I can't seem to get a job at the time. I couldn't get a job to save my life. It's really bad when your dad has a similar name like yours and he has a felony on his background and that keeps popping up on every background check you keep going to for jobs and you wonder why you can't get a job so when you lie and say you don't have a felony and you do it's kind of anyway that was happening and i didn't know about it um it was a really dark time and a friend of mine another dale father dale up in chattanooga gave me a call And we're talking and he's just checking in on me, wanting to know how things are going. And he says, what can I pray for you about? And without thinking, really, i just kind of blurted out quickly. I just want God to fix this. I just want God to fix this. I want him to break into this mess of my life right now and fix it, because that's out of my control. I can't do anything. I need him to do something. To make this okay. And I can't think of a better prayer for the season of Advent than that prayer right there. Our world has not got its to act together. Maybe there's things going on in our personal lives that might be out of kilter. I don't even know what kilter means, but you definitely don't want to be out of it. If you listen to politics, if you listen to other nations, if you watch the news from time to time, you may just think it's just too much. It's just too much. Every, everything, Everyone's just going to hell. Let's just call it a day. But that's not what John the Baptist said when he looked out into the world and saw all the chaos around him. When John looked out into his world and saw all the bad things that were happening around him, you know what he saw? He saw a world in which God himself was going to break into and begin to fix it. He saw a world needing God, needing to hear the message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he went out and he proclaimed that message to the world. That God has not forgotten you. That God has not forgotten his promises And that God himself will indeed break into this world and fix it. And guess what? He did it in a way that no one could have ever possibly imagined. He came as a little babe. Born of the Virgin Mary. To save all the world. John tells us, Prepare your hearts and tell other people to prepare their hearts. For our God is indeed coming. For the glory of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We all say, Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.